0: Okay, hello, and welcome to 60 Pound Sound. I'm your host, John, and with me today is Daniel. Oh, hey. There we go, giving us a wave. Um, today, we're going to talk about implementing the X-Men into the MCU. Our last conversation was about the MCU. Um, it was kind of all over the place, but it's still a good talk. Basically, us just gushing uh, for about two hours about how much we love all these movies and all these characters. Um, the Fox deal we went into a little bit. Um, Fox. The, Sale of Fox to Disney now means that you have um, the X-Men properties and the Fantastic Four properties back under the Marvel umbrella. Um, Kevin Faye has said the X-Men are coming. it is happening and so we thought, why not you know just let them know what we would do um, This isn't how I expect it to go this isn't what'm what I know they're going to do. this is just we were having a chat and this is what we got down on paper it's what we would like to see. Um, now, we already have phase four is already planned out. That's going to be sort of Shang-Chi and the Eternals, and, um, the Winter Soldier, uh, Falcon TV show, um, the Loki TV show. So this would be implemented more sort of stage five, uh, phase five. Like um, with that in mind, we went for younger actors, but not necessarily the youngest. We will go into like how we're going to set it up and, and have, uh, have mutants in the MCU. Um, so I guess that's what we should, we should go into first. How do we put mutants into the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Um, for me, I think, I think the way they might do it is the Thanos snap. I think that's going to be their way of saying, oh, you know, that event kind of brought mutants in. Um, I've kind of riffed on that slightly. so. I mean, my idea, and, and let me know if you have a better idea or another idea or whatever. Uh, so my idea is that mutants already existed, but they were so low in number that there were a very, very tiny percent of them, and they mostly just blew under the radar. Um, and then with the advent of Thanos' snap, um, so mutant powers traditionally in the comics manifest when um, an individual with the X gene Hits puberty, and that's when their powers will manifest and they'll find out they're immune. Um, I figured the way we could do it is after the snap, the amount of people who manifested powers was higher than ever before, and so now you suddenly have like a viable mutant population. Um, most of these people would have got their powers around 15 16, and if we take in the, um, into account the uh, five year time jump, the end game. That means a lot of these characters or these people who, whose powers manifested at the snap um, would now be in their 20s, thereabouts. Um, so yeah, that's my, my sort of way of bringing mutants into the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: Yeah, uh, seems to work. It's just, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of mutants um, available with the Fox deal. So there's going to be yeah. a lot of people involved. Um and like you say they'll be well if they're if if they're fifteen, sixteen when their powers when they notice they had the powers, they'll be what well, 21, twenty one twenty, twenty one when um when then game came out. So and I suppose yeah. they won't do a film for the next two, three years with with X Men. So yeah, uh, so so, yeah mid twenties. It works, it works. perhaps some of the choices um for the casting maybe we've gone a little bit old because so i know there's some people are about 30 33 in there yeah
0: well my way my method of thinking there was that um i did want to establish that mutants did exist in the marvel universe yeah. but there were just very few of them so the ones that we were going to say were already mutants before the snap i was thinking people like professor x mm-hmm. uh wolverine definitely you kind of have to do it with wolverine magneto um uh, other characters like Sabertooth and Mystique and like bigger, older um, members. So the idea would be that um, Professor Xavier is bringing in mutants to his school. However, the mutant population is so tiny um, that like, he, he doesn't have a ton of students. It's not a big school. But then after the snap, when the mutant population suddenly got a lot larger, um, the school became larger and there was more mutants there. Um, right. And so, so moving into the first movie that I would want to make, or that I would want to see, I figured we need something that joins the old MCU to the future of the MCU. There's got to be like a middle ground to show you right off the bat that this is happening in a shared universe. Um, And so the first movie that I want to open with is a movie that I called Howling Commandos. Uh, the Howling Commandos in the Commandos, sorry, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe was Captain America's group um, from Captain America: The First Avenger. It was the people he rescued from the Hydra base on his first mission, and they became his group. You know, they expound upon it a little bit in The Winter Soldier with the museum piece, where there's sort of cat's uniform with Bucky and and Dun Dugan and all the rest of them. Um, you know, and the voiceovers like, you know, Captain America's Howling Commandos. Um, And so I thought it'd be a really cool idea if we could tempt Mr. Chris Evans back to the role of Captain America for a one-off, just a a one-and-done World War II movie featuring Wolverine. Um, Now, the cool thing is... Like, if you can't get Chris Evans to play Captain America one more time, which you may not, like he said, he wants to go on and do other things and, and, you know, pursue other opportunities. If you can't get him back, you can easily explain it as Captain America is off doing something else for S.H.I.E.L.D. or Peggy or, um, you know, the General or whatever, and the commandos themselves have been given the mission. And so all you're doing there is you're shifting it. If you can't get Cap, you choose the next best thing, which is Bucky and so you know if he doesn't want to be in it caps off doing something Bucky and the commandos get sent on a mission without it uh so the idea for that mission is that there is a canadian special forces asset um who has been captured by hydra and the commandos are being sent in to rescue him because he's got vital information um they infiltrate a facility and then the alarms go off And they're like, you know, what's going on? So they follow sort of the the cause of the noise and they find Wolverine um, with a bunch of dead Hydra agents around him. And it turns out, like, the guy they've come to rescue is him. He's just escaped on his own. Um, And so they kind of team up, take down the base and and disappear. The information that Wolverine has um, is that there is a secret Hydra lab where hydra are experimenting on mutants um, they may not have very many but you know they'll have a couple and that will be sort of the driving force of that it will be bucky and the commandos teaming up with wolverine to take down the secret lab and rescue the people there
1: yeah, yeah. Sounds, sounds cool it works um, so with wolverine i'm not i know who wolverine is i'm just not 100% on his background so yeah. is he quite old then he's I know he's got the uh, like the healing powers I assume that means he ages older uh, longer as well
0: yeah so he was born in I want to say like the 1800s right okay um and the the big thing with Wolverine is he lost his memory for a long time Um, But that was all kind of post-Weapon X. Weapon X is the military program that gave him his adamantium skeleton. But they also like erased his mind and um, used him as basically like a killing machine Mm -hmm. until he escaped. Um, But because this would be World War II, um, the idea would be that he wouldn't be Logan as we know him. He would be James Howland, which is his, his name. Um, he takes on yeah. Logan after he loses his memories. It's just a name that he comes up with. Um, so it would be James Howler. They'd call him the Wolverine because he's still got the bone claws and the healing factor and he's like tracks and things. So it could be that like he gets given that nickname by his special forces, Canadian special forces buddies. They're like, you know, because he's supposed to be a bit shorter in stature. And, um, yeah. Um, and yeah, so it would be Wolverine. You know, the age thing isn't a problem because Wolverine doesn't age, really. He kind of, his body got to his perfect sort of um, prime state. And then because it's constantly healing itself, just stays that way forever. Um, I mean, I think he's technically a mole.
1: Right. Um, so, so he'd fit in with um, like Cap and Bucky because they, they, I know they age. It just takes slightly longer for them because of
0: the Yeah. Serum. yeah. And because they were frozen.
1: Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've
0: it's cool because. The yeah, well, it gives you this. Because um, in the future, you can kind of reverse. You know the whole um, who the hell is Bucky moment? Yeah. You can kind of reverse that because if you then have um, Wolverine and Bucky meet in the present day, Bucky can be like, James! And he'll be like, who the fuck is James? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no. That, yeah. yeah i like the sound of that and it gives you another cap in world war Two, which i mean i know we've got one movie of that but i think it'd be cool having a second movie yeah
1: i don't know if chris evans would do it but maybe just a quick cameo yeah yeah or even just somebody walking off in the back in the background with um captain america's suit on
0: yeah yeah just, like, yeah, just that's, that's, say, that's mean, the thing that. i am um, i The great thing about it is like if he agrees to do it awesome but if he doesn't want to do it like you can still do it with bucky and you don't really lose anything yeah um yeah that's my idea for the first sort of mutant movie Mm. um it kicks off with that uh they team up save the day um and then we know that we can say that it happens some point between um the first Avenger movie when he does that first mission and rescues Bucky and everyone and that final mission because we know that there was a time in the middle where they were taking down Hydra bases and so yeah. it could just be one of those. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's my, uh, that's my idea for it. Um, in terms of casting, the only person you really need to cast is Wolverine. Um, yeah. And it's an important role because Wolverine is so popular, you know he's going to end up being like the cornerstone of that He's going to be your Tony Stark of the X-Men universe. You know, he's going to be the person that you think of when you think of X-Men. And so I chose uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He's a great actor. He's young enough that he can do it for a decent amount of time. He's also old enough that like you can buy him being the same age in 10 years time. Yeah. Um, He's also got the chops. Like he, you know, as in, he can literally grow the chops that Wolverine has. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. It's it's difficult for me to think of Wolverine as anyone other than uh, Hugh Jackman, but uh, I know you're not a massive fan of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, but yeah, yeah you'd have to be a good actor to top that. And yeah, yeah I yeah. reckon Sh- Sh- Shia LaBeouf could do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, Hugh Jackman, like, Again, like the Tony Stark thing, he is the guy you think of when you think of Wolverine. Um, I'm not saying that all his portrayals have been bad necessarily, because that's definitely not the case. He's always been the highlight of those movies. Um, yeah. But if you're going for a, a, a Marvel Cinematic Universe, you want it to be someone serious, you want it to be someone who you know you can do it. And there's also kind of a bit of name cachet attached to Shear Like He is a good actor who's known for many things. Some of them are the insane, but other than, others of them are, you know, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think he's got the build. He doesn't, I don't know how tall he is, because in the comic, Wolverine is supposed to be quite short.
1: I think he's 5'9", five, 5'10". Five,
0: yeah, so, you know, he's bright right size, he's pretty buff, and he could bulk yeah. up more for the role um, to look stockier. Uh, but yeah, I just I'd love to see Sheila LaBeouf as Wolverine. I think he'd be a good person to hang like the cornerstone of your universe on. Yeah, he is crazy. <laughs> yeah, He's utterly insane. But <laughs> but you kind of need that for Wolverine, like.
1: Yeah, well, with Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, it was always quite, it was quite toned down and quiet. And, yeah, yeah. And I think stoic. I reckon I think Shia could do that. Quite well, yeah. Uh, He is quiet and he doesn't really say much. And then next minute, he's got like his claws (laughs) to the neck or something. (laughs)
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I'd I'd just love to see him. But he's really the only guy you need to cast in an X Men capacity in that movie because he's the only mutant, really. Mm. Um, You can make allusions to others, and you you know the mutants that they rescue will obviously be mutants, but they don't need to be big name ones that you're planning on putting into your franchise proper.
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't know, is there any any other mutants that are the same age as Wolverine or would have been about in-
0: Yeah, so one of them is um, Sabretooth, who's kind of like Wolverine, there's always a big mystery with Sabretooth because he has a real problem with Wolverine and you don't really know why. Um, all you know is is that he's constantly tormenting Wolverine, like he always tries to find him on his birthday and kill him and like these guys have been fighting for generations like for like hundreds of years. Um, And so you do have to have Sabretooth in that movie Um, because Sabretooth is, well, he's supposed to be blonde, but he doesn't have to be. Um, We just need the best actor for the job. And so for the role of Sabretooth, I chose uh, Joe Manganiello. Um, He's a bit older. He's in his early 40s, but he's in such good shape. Um, But I don't see him really changing much. Um, yeah, I
1: had uh, I had a look at him, because uh, I am not I wasn't sure who he was and I'm not massively clear on Sabretooth either, either. so I, I had a quick Google on, on both yeah. of those, and yeah, I reckon he could do the job.
0: Yeah, because yeah. whereas Wolverine is like small and stocky, Sabretooth is large and imposing and scary. <laughs> um, yeah. And I could, I mean, Wolverine's scary too, don't get me wrong, but like, he's a good guy, so you don't need to worry as much. But Sabretooth is just a fucking sadist. And so I'd want him in that movie um, as like a senior Hydra member, maybe like a bodyguard to the Red Skull or something.
3: Right.
0: Um, And so you could have him in there as kind of the main villain. He could be in charge of the research facility or something.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I'd, I'd just really like to see that. I've always wanted to, ever since um, the first Avenger movie came out, um, and not the team Avengers, but Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, ever since that came out, I've been like, there's still a Wolverine Captain America movie that's set in World War II. Because it'd yeah. just be cool. And, you know, so that's that's what I went with.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that it works but then i don't know much about um x-men
0: <laughs> yeah well we were saying um before the show started like whilst your experience may not be with x-men um it is with the marvel cinematic universe so as, as someone who knows the comics and things i've kind of just gone for it and and written things i would like to see but because you are more of an expert on the mcu you can tell me whether you think um whether you think it will work whether it will fit um, and how we can integrate these things together. Yeah. Um, So Uh, your your input is still valuable.
1: Yeah, the the only thing I would say about Sabretooth being the guard to the Red Skull is where was he in in um, Captain America, the first Avenger? Yeah. But then you've got to take into account well, yeah, they didn't own the MCU didn't own uh, well, Disney didn't own Fox, so they didn't buy the um the x-men from fox so
0: yeah i mean he doesn't have to be a god to the red skull you could just say that he's been put of char- put in charge of this particular facility yeah
1: Were there any other mutants that are that are around in world war Two? because it'll be cool to just see um so in the group that like you said that um Captain America and Wolverine go and rescue these group of mutants. It would be cool to maybe have a little cameo of, um, of another mutant yeah. or you know, a couple of mutants that only like the die-hard comic fan. Yeah. Comic book fans will be like, oh shit, that's. You could just to do give them, like, a, a moment.
0: You could do um, Wild Child. Um, you could do Sebastian Shaw. Mm. You could do like a young Sebastian Shaw. Um, you could do any member of the externals. The externals were a group in Marvel Comics of mutants that were practically immortal. Right. Um, so any member of that team you could put in there as like a cameo.
1: Yeah, I, d- I don't expect them to put them in put them in the movie for, you know, yeah. have them as an actual character. Just something to get... Like you were saying with... Um, with that second Iron Man movie or was it the first Iron Man movie when when Rhodey says next yeah. time to this suit just so like when when a comic book fan <laughs> is watching these movies they have that like moment when they're like
0: oh shit yeah yeah, yeah. no that is that, that's a good idea because I hadn't I hadn't thought that I was just like yeah they're just random mutants that are being tested but no that is a good idea because yeah they can turn up in later um, later movies
3: hmm
0: um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it for the first opening movie that I, I wanted to, to put forward. Um, the next one after that, so I've got these on notes in front of me, um, because as I said on my uh, DC episode, I can't memorise all of this stuff. Um, okay, so the second movie is the one that I guess people would really be anxious to see, which is X-Men. It's just titled X-Men. Um, yeah. I don't think you need to add any of the adjectives from the comic books, like astonishing X-Men or uncanny X-Men or anything like that. You can you just call it X-Men. You're not going to confuse anyone. Um, yeah. Because X-Men is obviously a team, um, it's a wide, wide cast. Um, there's going to be quite a few characters in, in it. Um, I've kept in mind that some of these characters will be in sequels or they'll be in um, other movies to just sort of link the whole thing together. Um, but I figure we should start with the cast before I go on to the story, because the story is, is kind of generic. Um, yeah. If you if you know X-Men in any capacity, uh, it's just a classic kind of, like, here's the conflict. Um, but for the X-Men themselves, we had, I put down um, Cyclops as Scott Eastwood, son of legendary um, cowboy actor Clint Eastwood. Uh, he's he's not a bad actor. Uh, looks the spitting image of his dad. Mm. Um, I, I think he's got the right look for a uh Scott Summers.
1: Um, yeah, he's quite he's quite tall and quite good looking, isn't he? So yeah. It, well, I I googled him before. I wasn't really aware of who he was, but um, yeah. You, 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 again, I'm not massive on X Men, so I don't really know the characters themselves, but. Uh, other than the main ones but you said Cyclops is more of like the leader and I think he would
0: yeah play that role yeah he looks the classic all-american leader yeah yeah Yeah. um I also wanted to put in Iceman who is yeah kind of a fan favorite he's been around for a long time like he was I don't think he was on the founding roster of the X-Men but I think he was on like the next one over um and for him, I chose uh, Dylan O'Brien. Um, I know you. When we spoke about this before, you obviously put Dylan O'Brien for your Cyclops casting, I believe.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, and and whilst I did love that casting, I wanted Cyclops to be a little bit older than, because yeah, he's the leader. I wanted him to be a bit older. Um, yeah. Scott Eastwood is like, I think early thirties. So yeah, I think he's like yeah. thirty-three.
3: Yeah. No, it makes
0: um, sense. Yeah, so I chose Dylan O'Brien as Iceman. Iceman is uh, cool, charismatic. Um, he's actually... In the comic books, Iceman came out recently as being gay. So, I mean, any decent actor should be able to show uh, portray that role with class. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a trend in Hollywood, particularly um, to just have this very stereotypical idea of what a gay person is like, um, Mm. and yeah, I think Dylan O'Brien's a good actor. He could handle the nuances of the character, um, instead of like resorting to type, if you like. Um, and like Iceman's (laughs) cool. He's actually an Omega-level mutant. Except he's like not very good at using his powers, so he's not anywhere near as powerful as he should be. <laughs> I
1: I remember watching that uh, the X Men movie where uh, like a, like you say I think it was the second one, and I think he's running around the the X Men um, house and he's you know, using his powers and like icing things up
0: just all over the place.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So so he's a bit
0: uh, what's the word? He's a bit clumsy with his powers. Um, it's kind of, like he, he can use his powers but he doesn't like, so there's uh, there's a comic where Emma Frost, who is like a telepath, she's also a mutant, um, she like takes over his body
3: right.
0: um, and makes him infinitely more powerful because she's like, you know, you can freeze anything and moisture is in everything. And so she makes him like super OP. But then when she comes out of him, he's like, I don't, I don't know how to use my powers. properly. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, I just use them to freeze stuff and like skate around. Like, yeah, you know, he's, he's really bummed out by that experience. Yeah, so it's more like he's just like a bad student.
1: When you um, when you say Iceman, I I just keep thinking of Frozone from um,
0: Incredibles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. No, similar kind of powers except instead of snow it's like proper ice
1: yeah Frozone is quite cool and charismatic with his powers. Frozone
0: is super cool and charismatic but that's sam jackson like <laughs> you're gonna have sam jackson play your character he's gonna be cool and charismatic it's like you yeah. waltz or like you know anyone like that yeah. but yeah like i think dylan o'brien would be a good pick for ice man uh, he's a younger guy, so he can pull off, like, like Iceman's very um, very chatty. He's kind of mm-hmm. Spider-Man-esque, in that, you know, he yeah. loves cracking wires, and he's a chatbox, like, he loves talking. Loves the sound of his own voice. Um, yeah. Uh, who else, uh, Colossus. Now, Colossus is a Russian superhero. He's uh, Peter Rasputin, who goes to America and joins Professor X's school. Um, he's supposed. To, you need a big guy he's supposed to be very very tall and, and like well I mean we've all seen Deadpool that's a pretty yeah, accurate yeah. depiction of um, Earth Colossus he's just a nice he's a big Russian farm boy you know, he's a nice guy he's also just incredibly strong um, and so I thought you know what we've got one Hemsworth brother in there already why not throw the other one in And so I chose Liam Hemsworth. Um, Those boys look distinct enough from each other that you could see them on screen together and not immediately go, those two are related. But, you know, he's also like, he's a big guy. He could buff up for the role as well. And he's a pretty decent actor as well.
1: Colossus is, will it be CGI like it it was in uh, Deadpool? Or is it more, um, will it be more, just normal I can't can't think of the word
0: no I know what you mean so instead of just doing Colossus's CGI all the time um, I would definitely just have it as like himself because the way Colossus's powers work is that like it's kind of like tensing a muscle right like he tenses a muscle and his body becomes encased in metal yeah it's like if you knock him out then his body goes back to normal he doesn't stay metal until he wakes up again um, so it's kind of like a reflex. Okay. Um, and so I would, ju- and Liam Hemsworth's a, like he's a good actor. He's a good-looking guy. So you, you know, if you're going to pay the money for him, you may as well have him on screen. Um, yeah. And we know that their special effects are really good. So like, they could definitely do the whole him, like tensing up and being covered in metal. Like they could the same definitely as all that. Off. Like, um,
1: Banner turning into. Into Hulk, it? maybe not quite yeah. on that level, but
0: yeah, well, close enough. You know, it, it'd be more like um so you know the Iron Spider suit that Spider-Man wears in Infinity War. Yeah, like he doesn't actually wear that suit. He does like he does what Robert Downey Jr. does, which is he wears a thing that's got the marks and things on them, and then they just sort of digitally overlay the suit on his body. Yeah. Um, so it would just be that. Right, okay. Because that way you get your proportions and everything right and it's just covering him.
1: Yeah. See with um with the Deadpool Colossus, he's always encased in metal. Yeah. Like even when he's just um, back at the uh the X Men house. I don't know what the what is the name for it?
0: The X mansion.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah, well he's he's always like metal in, in Deadpool, so yeah. That's, that's my that's why I asked if he if he would be like constantly CGI, but
0: yeah, you know. I mean, I <sighs> the fact is those those Deadpool movies aren't going to be part of this Marvel universe. Like they'll they'll keep Ryan Reynolds, I'm certain, but those movies won't be part of this universe um, purely yeah. because uh, Colossus is a key X-Man. They're not going to want to leave him out, but they also don't want to have to abide by those movies. And I mean, Deadpool. If there's ever a character that you can say, "Oh, he's from a different universe, and this and things are just different now," Deadpool is that character, because like all he does is break the fourth wall. So like, you just have one comment of him, just like looking around and being like, "This is, this is different." Well, <laughs> like he's or like he meets Colossus, he's like, "Did you do something with your hair?" Like. You know what I mean? Just, just have him comment openly about the fact that things are different, and, and that'll be fine. I do have Deadpool in here somewhere. Um, I'm not going to say where just yet, but yeah. he is going to be a part of this. Um, so moving on from Colossus, Beast. Uh, Beast, I wanted to be a little bit older. I wanted him to be close to Professor X's age, um, because Hank McCoy is a very smart guy. Like he's a scientist um, and so I wanted him already blue, already um, having been beast for a, a number of years. Um, I chose uh, Toby Stevens um, you might you might look at Toby Stevens uh, you probably know him from Black Sails, if you, you know, know him at all um, you may look at him and think, eh, he doesn't really look like beast, but you know. Beast is a big blue guy, so you're probably not going to be just using the actor. I imagine Beast would either be mostly CG or at least like partially CG, special effects. Um, yeah, I chose Toby Stevens for Beast. Um, then we move into some of <coughs> excuse me, some of your castings, which I really liked. Um, so for Gene Gray, you chose Kaya Goddelero, Scodelario. I'm not sure how to
1: pronounce it. Um, she's from, I, I believe she was in Divergent, um, and that. Uh, yeah, that series. That series. Course. Yeah, I can't remember who she played, but there's there's quite a few characters from, well, actors and actresses from Divergent that I, I was like, oh, I think they'd be good because uh, I think Dylan O'Brien is is the main is the main yeah, character yeah, in that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and a couple of castings later on is uh yeah but yeah she she looks she looks good for the role i think she's quite young i think she's 28 yeah Yeah. like the red red hair or dark hair kind of suits the jean gray look yeah um yeah you know i don't think she's too expensive she wouldn't be too expensive for the mcu but she's a good act uh, actress so yeah i think it'd work
0: yeah i'm i really like that casting um i think because they had... So when Fox were making their last movies, they had Sophie Turner play Jean Grey. And yeah, it was fine. But, mm. you know, it's a new universe, so let's, let's get someone new in. Someone... I'm not trying to say Sophie Turner's a bad actress, but I just feel like she's not as good as someone like Kaya Cordelario. I hope I'm but, saying that right.
1: I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose you want to move away from that X-Men universe when you set up yeah. them in yeah. the MCU. And the only the only character we've really carried over is Ryan Reynolds, but like you say yeah. Deadpool is uh, he can break the fourth wall and joke about that.
0: Yeah.
1: And it would work.
0: Um, so after Jean Grey uh, wanted Storm. I like Storm. She's probably one of my favourite. I think her and Rogue are two of my favorite female superheroes. Um, I just think they're really cool. And also she has, um, in the comics, Storm has ties to Wakanda because eventually Mm -hmm. she marries T'Challa. Oh,
3: shit. Yeah, in
0: the comics, she becomes sort of queen of Wakanda. Um, And so I wanted someone obviously a little bit older. Again, this X-Men cast, I wanted this to be an X-Men who have been in existence for a while. Like they may not have been doing missions the whole time or they may have only been doing missions some of the time, but, um, yeah, I wanted them a little bit older. Um, so for storm, I chose Kylie Bunbury. Um, I I had a list written out of stuff. All these people have been in and then realized that, you know, what, we're going to spend way too much time on that. Um, when we've got a lot to talk about. So
1: I'm just going to read out these names, people at home. If you want to know, if you don't know who
0: any of these people are, um, I urge you to Google them, uh, I don't think there's a single bad choice on this list. Um, I think they're all good actors and actresses or just actors. Um, Yeah. Because it's kind of the blanket term now. But they're all very good. So, yeah, I urge you to check them out and check out their work. Um, For Nightcrawler, you chose uh, Logan Lerman. Yep. Percy Jackson. Yep. Great choice.
1: I think he suits it. He's quite skinny. I think he could jump around and... Know, play that Nightcrawler role, but when you when you implement um, Nightcrawler into the uh, the X Men, with the original ones, um, was he to start off with like quite? A, he was on the wrong side. He was a bit of a bad guy, uh, or he was helping. You know,
0: uh, he was being mind controlled. Uh, okay. He'd been captured and mind controlled into doing um, nefarious bidding. Uh, at this yeah. point, I would just have him as a young member of the X Men. So, with the X Men cast, because I kind of wanted a mix of like these older statesmen almost, so you know, Cyclops, Gene Grey, Storm, Beast. Um, at the same time, I wanted like a second generation that's working with them, so um, Iceman, um, Nightcrawler. I've also put Kitty Pride on this list as well as Rogue, and those would be the slightly younger sort of generation, yeah. Um, but yeah, Logan Lerman for Nightcrawler, young guy looks the part, I'm sure he'd be happy to do it. He'd have to wear blue makeup a lot.
1: Yeah, uh, but they'd they do it the same way. They um, they played Gamora and... Um,
0: yeah, and the same way Dylan's they'd be doing Beast, Car- Nebula.
1: Nebula. Nebula, that's the one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I I think that's a good casting for the Nightcrawler. Um, the thing about it being a team movie is that everyone needs to be very succinct in their character. Uh, characterization yeah um, you're not going to get a lot of time per character per movie so you kind of need to be able to choose actors and actresses who can encapsulate that character and show you who that person is with the minimal amount of screen time
1: yeah that my only worry is there's a lot of people on that x-men list that we've gone through whereas with the first avengers movie you've only got the six main avengers yeah so you get and uh, i suppose the majority of them you've had a you've had a setup leading up to that yeah um, but you can't but you can't really of... have that luxury uh, like uh concept, luxury um you can't have that because because the fox deal has only just gone through yeah and you've got yeah you can't have them with an origin movie at the moment i don't well, think
0: there's also the element of um uh, with the x-men a lot of these people aren't established superheroes before they join the x-men like They become superheroes when they join the X-Men. Yeah,
1: Um,
0: and so kind of you kind of have the opposite of the Avengers, because you meet these characters in a team movie, and then if you want to branch them off, because one of my suggestions is kind of like an offshoot um, for one of these characters, um, for several of these characters, Um, and so yeah, that's that's you kind of have to work the opposite way around. And just yeah. make sure you have a good writer and a good director to really make sure that each character feels unique and distinct, but also feels part of the whole.
1: Yeah, that um, yeah, makes sense.
0: Works. So the only, the only characters we've got left for the X-Men now then are Kitty Pryde. Um, Kitty Pride is kind of a ride-along character. She's one of the younger members of the X-Men. Um, her power is she can phase through things. So she can go through walls and, and doors and anything. She has phasing powers. That's a you know how vision goes through things. Yeah. She can basically do that.
1: Right. So she's just vision. Cool.
0: Yeah, but with less powers and more interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah. And okay. yeah, I chose Catherine Langford from Thirteen Reasons Why. Uh, she, she's young. She's not too young. She's a very good actress. Um. She kind of there's a, a kind of resemblance there, I think, between the character of Kate Pride and the way she's uh, drawn a lot of the time, and to the actress Catherine Langford. So, um, that's who I chose for that. And finally, for the team members, I chose Rogue because, as I said, Rogue is one of my favorite X Men. Um, and for, for Rogue, I chose Alexandra didario yeah, um, yeah, again. Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. is what she's kind of. Well, what yeah, I initially exactly. saw her in. Yeah, she's I mean, done a lot she since.
1: She did that. the second, the second movie as well.
0: Yeah, and she was also in Baywatch. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. what else she was in after <coughs> that. So she was really good in Percy Jackson. Yeah, she's a good actress, and I think just give her the white stripe in her hair. I think she she'd look the part. She's a good actress. Um, Rogue has a. A proper cajun accent because she's from yeah. the south um you get a voice coaching you can get that get that down it's not a problem um and for kind of your your main uh, the leader of the x-men or the uh, i say leader the the father figure for the x-men um professor x himself Yep. Yeah. um i chose jason isaacs uh, a lot of people will know Jason Isaacs as Malf- uh, Lucius Malfoy from Harry yeah. Potter, yeah. Um, but he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's a fantastic actor. Um, Professor X was kind of a weird one because we went back and forth with a few suggestions for Professor X and none of them were really like working out.
1: No, the, I'm upset about the Jude Law one. I think I have work yeah. Really well. But he was yeah. wasted in Captain um, ah, Marvel. He really was. Captain Marvel. Really was. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, the Jason Isaacs one—it works. Uh, it'd be weird seeing him without the long blonde wig. But, yeah, <laughs> but you know what? I think it would work. Um, I don't know how he how he'd really fit in with that leader leadership role, but um, I'm I'm sure he's a good enough actor and he'll he'll do the job.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Professor X's role is always um, as mentor. Like, whilst Cyclops leads the team, um, he's kind of like a surrogate father to Cyclops. Um, and it's his dream and his vision that the X-Men represent. Yeah. Um, this idea of, of people from all backgrounds working together for the betterment of everyone. Yeah. Um, this is al- always kind of um, uh, offset by the villain Magneto. Um, Magneto and Professor X's relationship is, is, I always really enjoy the way it's portrayed as kind Mm. of like two best friends who have like totally opposing ideologies that you know they end up clashing but throughout all their encounters there's like a profound respect. Right.
1: Um, Would you you compare it to uh, Gandalf and Saruman?
0: Um, Not really. No. No, because Saruman was Gandalf's superior. Uh, They weren't like great friends. Gandalf had a great respect for him but they weren't like friends and then Sauron kind of betrayed the order and everyone else. Whereas like with Magneto it's more a case of like He's not willing to stand by and wait for the change that Professor X wants to see.
1: Oh, okay. So they both got the same idea. It's just getting to that point is where their where their issues occur.
0: Well, he, he believes that he believes that mutants are superior to humans. Right. Um. And that. That humans need to kind of, uh, because humans persecute mutants so much, his rage is that in like mutants are being murdered by a group of people that he considers to be inferior. Mm. So his view is like, well, we are the future of humanity, so why should we accept this treatment from these bigoted fools?
3: Yeah.
0: And Professor okay. X is like, No, like, we can live together in peace, like, there can be harmony between humans and mutants, like, we can find a way to move forward together. But, it's kind of weird, because like, whilst Magneto is always the bad guy, like, because he wants to exterminate humans, to a greater or lesser extent, because he believes that his people are superior. Um, At the same time, humanity does nothing to prove him wrong, Like, humanity is constantly, like, kidnapping mutants, experimenting on mutants, killing mutants, like, you know, introducing laws so they have to register themselves. Um, Like, so there's kind of, like, a constant... It would be easy to dismiss Magneto as the bad guy, but he ends up being right a lot of the time because his drive is to protect mutants. He does have a point
1: in... Yeah.
0: yeah, like there is worth to his argument because, like, all humanity does is fear and reject mutant kind, mm-hmm. um, and this, that's kind of like the pathos. Like, it's kind of like as humans, of course, we think that Magneto is the bad guy, but if you were a mutant, you'd kind of be inclined to hear what he had to say. Um, yeah, doesn't doesn't mean he's right. But it does mean that you have a compelling villain because you can understand his motivations. Um, and you know, Magneto is going to be a big role. This is your casting again. Um, I think it's fantastic casting. Uh, Colin Farrell. Like I, we all love Colin Farrell. He's a fantastic actor. Um, yeah. What was it about him that you wanted to to see as Magneto?
1: Um. Yeah because well firstly he fits the age he fits the age group you know he's in i think he's in his 50s yeah um but because magneto is such a big role you need a big actor in my opinion um and he just i think he would just suit that role perfectly i don't know if you had any other suggestions for magneto
0: um i i always liked pierce brosnan but i think he's a bit too old Especially
1: now. Yeah. Yeah, maybe ten years ago or so, he would, yeah. he would fit it. But, yeah. But same. Yeah, the same deal. They're still both great actors. Yeah. Um, and for such a, like I say, for such a big role of Magneto, you need an actor that can carry that weight. And, yeah. Um and I think Colin Farrell can do that. Definitely. Definitely. And he looks. He looks like Magneto. You can put that helmet on him, and you'll be like. That's Magneto. That, yeah, he he would suit that. Um, yeah, he was the only choice I really had. the yeah. uh, I know you. like I, Like you say, I know you're a fan of um, Piers Brosnan, but there was no there was no one else <laughs> who who could have played that role. Who, who could play that role for me? And I'll be interested to see who they pick for.
0: Um, yeah. Magneto. Yeah, because that is going to be a big role. Mm. And I think I think they would go for a big name actor to do that. Yeah. Uh, but on so Charles Xavier has the X-Men, Magneto has the Brotherhood. Um his group is called the Brotherhood of Mutants. And normally it's a group normally you see sort of like Toad and Blob and people like that. Um I've gone for so I've gone for a, a group that I think is, is kind of a mix of old and new, um, as well as being like interesting. Mm. Um, so we've chosen our Magneto is called Farrell, uh Sabretooth. Uh, Sabretooth is quite frequently a second for Magneto. Um, he kind of acts as the muscle and the enforcer of of Magneto's will. Um, and we've already cast Joe Mang- Manganiello. From the Howling Commandos, same guy. So you know, obviously you're going to keep the same guy. It also sort of gives you a link, like, oh, you saw the last movie, this guy's back. Yeah. 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 Um, Mystique again, always a key player when it comes to Magneto. Um, I chose Kiki Palmer. Right. Um, okay. She's going to be blue. Like Ma- Mystique is a blue. Ca- oh. You know what? Now that I think about, it, there are a lot of blue mutants. Like even even so far, we've got um, Beast, Nightcrawler, um, and Mystique are all blue.
1: Yeah,
3: and everybody else is not blue.
0: Yeah, that's
1: yeah. yeah you've not got any other characters like, in there.
0: Yeah, um, but yeah, Kee Palmer, she's a good actress. Um, you know, I think she. I think she has the right look for Mystique. Um, And I mean, half the time Mystique is going to be being played by whoever it is that she's impersonating. Yeah. So, you know, there's that, but I think when she's just being Mystique, Kiki Palmer is a a good option, a good choice. Um, She's kind of like, uh, she's kind of like a shape-shifting black widow. Right. Like she's uh, very capable, kind of scary. expert when it comes to uh, espionage and infiltration um very capable fighter and she has she she is slightly long-lived she's not like wolverine where she'll live forever but i think she ages slower so she could be older than magneto or the same age or you know, it doesn't really matter how old she is because you know she always kind of looks the same um Another member, Juggernaut. Cool. I don't know how much you know about Juggernaut. Um, again, he was—is he the guy who wears the big helmet uh, and he was in the yeah, Deadpool like, Two movie? The big dome. Yeah. Yes, yes, I forgot that he was in Deadpool Two.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I know you're casting for this and it works, but I'm I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the the guy you casted, but uh, no, it's it suits the role. Cool
0: yeah i just i don't know i'm gonna say right now i don't know how to pronounce this guy's first name um
3: you they call know it thor, if, don't
0: they? if that's how you spell thor in uh in uh norwegian i don't know no, I,
1: th- I think that it's an abbreviation of how you pronounce it but i wouldn't like
0: to okay. attempt it myself so i will leave that up to you i'll just go with this surname because i don't know how to <laughs> pronounce the letters that are in that first name um Bjornsson is his uh, surname. He played the mountain on Game of Thrones. Now, there have been a couple of actors who played the mountain on Game of Thrones. We're talking about the big guy before he becomes all zombie-like.
1: Yeah. He was also the world's runners-up in the world's strongest man. Yeah. And I think he's recently set up a a boxing match or a fight of some description with uh, Eddie Hall. Yes. Yeah. Which would Uh, be good.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not sure on, on what the situation is there. Um, no. I, I gather that there's been a lot of slandering of Bjornsson by Hall. Um, um,
1: I don't know. No, if it's I think it was the or, other way, or, way around.
0: Got an argument, or um,
1: it's going slightly off topic here, but um,
0: well, that's that's the show.
1: Also, <laughs> <laughs> well, Eddie, Eddie Hall won won um, World Strongest Man in 2017. Yeah. Um and Thor came second. But after Eddie had won, Thor had come out and said, Ah, oh, he's cheating. But basically, he just basically sounded like a bit of a sore loser, and you're saying, Ah, oh, he right. cheated, ah, uh, that rep doesn't count. And just just moaning and just, you know. Yeah. Um, and then every time and what really upset Eddie Hall was that every time somebody spoke to him about the the award, this like this award that he spent his entire life working towards, it wasn't ah, oh, well done, you, you know, you are the world's strongest man, it's, so what do you think of what Thor said about you, and it's, it takes, it takes the, like, the spotlight off him.
0: Yeah, out of the way so, comes the uh, accomplishment.
1: Yeah, and it made it quite a sour victory, I think, in the end, yeah. Um and that's, I think that's why there's such a, like, a disliking between the two of them, yeah. but, um, but, he clearly shown, he's clearly shown he can be a good actor in, uh, in Game of Thrones. I've never actually seen an episode of Game of Thrones. but
0: uh, Me either, but I've seen the fights and I've seen scenes with him. I, I did do prep for this, so I have seen scenes with him. Um, yeah. The other thing is, it's the juggernaut. You don't need a fantastic actor. Um, yeah. You mostly just need someone who looks big and imposing.
1: Well, with, um, with Deadpool, I don't think he really said much. He
0: just yeah. kind of stayed quiet and then
1: started hitting things
0: yeah and that's that's really we need yeah um who else did i choose okay so um we've got a couple on here where pyro pyro is kind of like um uh, basically you can control fire
2: Cool.
0: he can't like conjure fire but he can you know manipulate it yeah um so i chose uh, Brandon Flynn from 13 Reasons Why. Um, he okay. plays Justin on that show. He's a very good actor, a um, young guy. I could see him playing like this impetuous kind of like anti authority, like super villain. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't mean super villain like Dr. Doom. Like he's just a bad guy. Like he's, yeah. he's a member of the Brotherhood. Um, I also wanted to put Forge into the brotherhood now forge is a mutant who has a i think i might need to double check that i don't know if he's definitely a mutant, but i'm pretty sure it's a mutant who's like really good with technology okay um, cool uh i wanted to put him in the brotherhood because it kind of some of the plot lines and things that i wanted to use uh, require him um i chose diego luna Um, of Rogue One fame. Um, Okay, yeah. He's a a good actor. He looks close enough to the part that you could believe that it's him. Um, He doesn't need to be super young. I think uh, Luna's in his late thirties.
1: I'm trying to picture who he was in Rogue One. Is he the the pilot um, that was with the uh, the uh, the Empire, and then he moved, or he, was he the pilot that um, ran off?
0: Um, I'm trying to... I'm not gonna lie, I haven't seen Rogue One in a while. Um, he's the main agent and point of contact for Jin.
1: Right. Yeah, I think it's who I... The
0: guy is. that she ends up falling for and they make out on the beach before they, you know, get destroyed. Um, oh, I don't know then. He's, like I, the, main, he's no. the main love interest.
3: Let me Google it. Uh, his name is Diego. Diego. Yeah, goes, no, no. Uh, Google.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not who I thought it was. But yeah. It, he looks cool. Yeah. I know who you're talking about now. Sorry. Sorry about that. That's all right. No, it works. It, um, yeah.
0: The, he doesn't have to have a large place in the movies, but um, I want, I just wanted him in there. Like I say he's he's also convenient because if you want to do anything that's tech-based um he's a convenient character to have available mm-hmm. um but i wanted to put him with the brotherhood because it kind of shakes things up um and gives them uh, gives them kind of a leg up um which they kind of they kind of need because the x-men are usually on the side of the law mm-hmm. um and they're also like they're they're good guys but professor x is very wealthy so they have a lot of funding and i wanted someone who could kind of compensate for that on the brotherhood side yeah um and finally gambit
3: um Um,
0: yes gambit initially started as a villain um but he was so cool that they very quickly made him into an x-man instead like he kind (laughs) of swapped sides so i thought why not kind of pay homage to that original um, use of Gambit and have him be a member of the Brotherhood. Yeah. Um, Gambit is again one of your picks. Um, Theo James.
1: It was well. I had a couple of picks for him, but you weren't you weren't pleased with the first one. <laughs> um, this is true.
0: I I did ask you to redo that.
1: I think I went for Esmeralda, didn't I?
0: You did, and uh, yeah. I hate that guy. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think Theo James works. Also from uh, The Divergent, I believe. Yep. There's a lot of there's a lot of Percy Jackson, Divergent, and uh, Maze Runner actors in this.
0: Yeah, but they're all young up and comers who have like a decent amount of talent and would fit the roles.
1: So. Yeah, and they've they've had main roles in like big movies. Yeah. Previously, so they you know they know what they're doing. I'm just going to change my headphones because these ones keep you shouting, I me mean, the batteries low.
0: Sorry. No worries.
3: Right. Uh,
1: sorry about this. There we are. All right. Yeah. Good
0: to go. <laughs>
1: yeah, what's the what's the audio like on these ones?
0: Yeah, audio's fine. Audio's <laughs> fine. Uh, That's all right, not a problem. Not a problem. Um yeah. if I'd been quicker on the gun, I could have uh paused and <laughs> whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what the show is.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um right, so now now we've kind of got our players. Uh, It's taken us a while to just make it through that list because it is a big list. Um, It's the X-Men, so it's going to be a big list, ladies and gents. Um, The story that I've got, um, it's very very by the numbers. Um, I wanted to use the Purifiers as the main antagonists. Um, The Purifiers are an organization led by a pastor. Called William Stryker. Um, In the X-Men movies that they made that Fox made, they made William Stryker a general. Um, In the comic books, he was a TV evangelist. Um, So he was one of these big American guys who like fills out a stadium and and does like live sermons on TV and stuff. Um, He's very, very anti-mutant. And is secretly has a secret organization called The Purifiers, who basically go and murder mutants. Um, this is where we'll kind of delve into like how we have more mutants. You know, um, after the snap, the number of mutants um, that, or de- well, the number of people that develop powers when they reach puberty, got a lot larger. So mm. all of a sudden, mutants are a viable population in the in the world. Um, purifiers are basically going around killing them and lynching them um and and leaving the bodies for people to find you know like placards same mutant and stuff like that uh very like very tense stuff um the x-men are basically on the trail of the purifiers trying to find out who they are and what they're doing um, at the same time magneto is also on the case using much less scrupulous methods to try and find who is in charge of the purifiers
1: yeah, but they, they kind of deserve it at that point, don't they? When they, just they do go, they're just going they do. Kind of, but it, it just proves Magneto's point.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. But it basically um after a few scuffles between the Brotherhood and the X-Men while they're trying to locate these people uh, who's in charge, um, it all comes to a head at an arena during one of William Stryker's uh like live sermons where he's decrying mutants. Um, Magneto and the Brotherhood attack. Um, this is all being televised um, and start basically trying to slaughter everyone there. Um, the X-Men turn up and try to protect the, the people that are there and even William Stryker himself. Um, they're trying to save lives and you know they're trying to say, look, this is not how we're gonna achieve um, peace or uh, equality with humans like by doing this. And so you have this very public uh, televised fight where it's the X-Men and um, Brotherhood fighting and trying to like, the main thing I wanted to have was the X-Men defending Stryker because it gives you two things. One, it gives you a bit more sympathy towards Magneto because you're like, you know what? I get why this guy's pissed. But at the same time, it also encapsulates... Professor X's vision of like we need to have peace and we're not going to convince humans that we're like on their side if we're seen to be fighting them all the time.
2: Yeah.
0: Um you know this man has done wrong and he should go to jail for that he shouldn't be murdered in retaliation. And that's mostly what I wanted to get across in that. But that is like I say it's a very by the numbers X-Men story. Um Because it's basically about intolerance and the reactions to intolerance. Um, Which is, I mean, in a way, it's something that's very topical right now. Um, But, yeah, it just, it gives everyone a chance to be cool. It introduces you to your players in terms of the Brotherhood and the Mutants and the threats they face and the sort of um, uphill battle that the X-Men face. Uh, Because it also gives you a precedent for... A, it gives you a reason why public opinion might be split on how to handle the mutant situation. Yeah, you know, because there will be people out there who are like, "Nah, they're mutants and they're too powerful and they need to be put in check." But then you'll have other people who are saying, "Well, they're just people with powers. Like, yeah. you can't, you can't. Like, it's it's not rational to, you know, try and and wipe them out or whatever."
1: No, it makes it makes the x-men's job very difficult because you've got the mutants trying to kill the humans and they're trying to protect the humans but at the same time they're protecting the mutants from the humans that are trying to kill them so yeah yeah um yeah i it doesn't seem easy
0: (laughs) no no and you kind of you really need to set that up because that is the driving force behind a lot of x-men stuff is this prejudice towards mutants by humans yeah. So you kind of you need to have that present. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's the uh, that's my X Men pitch. It's very straightforward for the first Marvel X Men movie. It's not super complicated. It's not bogged down by any like previous stuff really. Um, it's just that's the story. Now I'm sure a lot of people after seeing Wolverine in I've um, seen Wolverine in the Howling Commandos will be like. With the X Men, like you got to have Wolverine with the X Men, and we will get there. But my next movie, um, this is this is probably one of the, I'm very proud of this one. Like I, I love this, um, and I'm not I'm not taking credit for it all because it's based heavily on a an animated short called Hulk versus Wolverine. That was my main inspiration for this. Um, I've kind of changed it around a bit. Um, Wolverine's still in there. Hulk is still in there. But I've kind of expanded it. Um, and instead, I've made it Alpha Flight versus Weapon X. Now, a lot of people will probably be like, who the fuck are Alpha Flight? <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> Not many people know about Alpha Flight. Unfortunately, because Alpha Flight are cool. Um, Alpha Flight is the. It's basically like the Canadian Avengers um there's there's a ton of rosters it's canada so you know alpha flight never really gets a lot of love i like mm. alpha flight i've always liked alpha flight but a lot of people won't know that alpha flight is the team that wolverine joined originally before he was an x-man he was on alpha flight um now originally when wolverine was introduced it was a in a um, incredible hulk book where wolverine was approached by the canadian government to track down and kill the hulk um, that's that was the first issue that Wolverine ever appeared in. It was an incredible Hulk book, and it was Hulk versus Wolverine. Very cool. Years later, they make the animated show um, or the animated film, rather, um, which is also very cool. Um, I've mixed it around a bit, um, ladies and gentlemen. I keep looking down. It's because I've made notes, and unfortunately, I, I, you know, I have them all over the place in front of me. So wherever I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking. Um, excuse me okay so this one would be set before the first Avengers film um, it's kind of like uh, basically it's it's set between the Incredible Hulk and the Avengers um, right okay. because Bruce Banner is kind of integral to the story um, so alpha flight is approached by the Canadian government and told Uh, The Hulk has appeared. He's leaving a trail of destruction. We want you guys to find him and stop him. Mm. Well, okay. So Wolverine takes Alpha Flight um, to try and and catch up to the Hulk. And so their first stop is the last place that the Hulk was seen. It's a small village that's been decimated. Like, it's destroyed. There's nothing there. Like, there was very little there to begin with. There's even less now. Um, When they arrive... Wolverine remarks how whilst there's the smell of the Hulk everywhere there's also another scent that's more familiar to him and that scent is saber and okay. uh, at this point he's it, this is post um, getting his adamantium and losing his memories so like he's got his metal skeleton and claws but he doesn't remember anything before the Weapon X program um, all he really remembers is, is escaping, and then that's it. Um, <coughs> so Alpha Flight catches up to the Hulk. They have a, a big throwdown, and the Hulk basically whoops their asses because it's the goddamn Hulk and it's Alpha yeah. Flight. Like, I like Alpha Flight, but I'm sorry, I don't believe they could take down the Hulk.
1: It's the, the Hulk versus the Bad Avengers. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well the, the Canadian Avengers which <laughs> amounts to kind of the same thing.
1: <laughs> the
0: unimpressive Avengers, yeah. Well, the um so Alpha Flight you probably won't have heard of any of these people, but I, I figure we'll do cast before we do any more of the story. Um I kind of cherry picked a few people from Alpha Flight's history to make the team. Um so on the team is Wolverine, Shia LaBooth. Um, a character called Sasquatch. Uh, Sasquatch's power is that he can turn into what looks like Bigfoot. Okay. It's like a, a, yeah, Sasquatch looks cool. He's just, he turns into what is basically a Wookiee, but stronger. Um, And I chose Richard Madden. Yeah. Um, From Game of Thrones.
1: Picked him for something else, but you uh, you didn't like him. But, yeah. I, can't I think I mentioned him maybe playing Archangel, but we didn't yeah. get around to that. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones, and he was also in um, the Bodyguard and BBC as well. Yeah. So
0: he's he's pretty well known at the minute. Um, yeah. I, he's a pretty charming guy, and when Sasquatch isn't the Sasquatch, he's just he's a scientist. Like he's a smart guy. Um, so you yeah. you know you want someone who could. If you could maybe look a little bit nerdy, but also be like a decent present. Um, Warpath. Warpath is a Native American hero who was originally one of the X-Men. I've kind of changed that because Canada has um, a decent uh, Indigenous population. Um, there's a lot of Native American tribes there um, up in Canada, and so I thought, you know what? Let's let's have um, Blair Redford, um, who's a Native American guy, uh, pretty good actor. He's, he's in his 30s, I believe. Um, but I thought, you know what, he kind of he'd work well on an alpha flight team because, as I say, Canada has a native, um, native presence. Um, I'm not sure if they're called Native Americans or Native Canadians in Canada. i guess it's the continent of america
1: yeah uh, yeah i imagine it's the continent so it would be native americans but i don't know for certain but it sounds right to me
0: who knows but yeah i thought that'd be a cool bit of representation to put on there as well um because like like i say we're we're acknowledging that canada has native population and in you know having them as a as one of the first members of alpha flight um the leader if you like, of Alpha Flight is a guy called Guardian, who has basically a super soldier suit. A suit. Um, yeah, he has a suit that lets him basically be Captain America, and it also lets him yeah. fly. But okay. we could always, we could always kind of change that around a little, um, so we yeah. can just say he's a super soldier, because um, we already know that there's there's quite a few in the Marvel universe.
1: Yeah, he's just not as good
0: as Cap or Bucky. So he's in Canada instead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'd just have him be a Canadian super soldier. Yeah. I'd, I'd have him as capable, no shield, but you know, maybe a, a slightly better suit that allows him to fly. Um Okay, cool. And I chose Michael Husman. Husman? Husman. H uh, U I S Man. Huizman. I had a little look at um I
3: don't know.
1: Uh,
0: uh, he's probably say. most well known for doing um, the haunting of Hill House. Oh, okay, yeah. On Netflix. Um he I did make One of the brothers on that. That's it's pretty good. I'd
1: recommend that. I got very confused about who was doing that in that, that um, series.
0: Yeah. Was he?
1: Um, was he the the heroine at it?
0: No, he's the older brother. The one who uh, doesn't believe. He's kind of like a skeptic. Uh,
1: okay yeah anyway it's the it's the daughter it's the sister who's the heroin addict isn't it
0: no no it's it's the middle brother is the heroin addict the, oh,
1: the okay.
0: young the young one has um mental health issues
1: and she killed herself
0: yeah so no, they we're
1: thinking about that whole series again it's like yeah. that is. it does it works it's really good but it thinking about it yeah. it doesn't make it, it just so confusing
0: yeah oh no i, I know exactly what you mean uh,
1: i know it's getting off great off topic but that scene in the car when uh, the two sisters yes. talking. Oh, i God. screamed i screamed <laughs> so fucking loud um oh yeah <laughs> i was at a friend's house as well we were watching it <laughs> <laughs> Half one, two o'clock, and I shout myself. I was, oh, that's
0: uh, embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair though, because that scene is, because like, like the argument in that scene is so intense that you're really into it, and then she's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll
1: tell it's you. I, I'll tell you which friend it is after this. Yeah, it, it, it <laughs> makes it even more embarrassing.
0: Ah. <laughs> uh. um i actually on the subject of haunt of hill house uh, i also chose another person from that show for this cast um i chose victoria Pedretti, who played the youngest sister the one who kills herself at the beginning Uh, i chose her for a character called north star Uh, north star she's fast that's essentially she's also semi-invulnerable i think she can fly Right, she's um, just Canadian's Quicksilver. Kind of. I don't think Canadians she's as fast Quicksilver.
1: as Quicksilver. But, um, you okay, okay. know. Anyway. They've got... I <clears throat> See, I wasn't aware of this team at all. Um, yeah. It just, seemed, it just seems that they've taken other superheroes and just made them slightly worse and put them in a the slightly... <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's nothing to do in Canada. We just put all the shit ones over
0: there, and yeah. Well, no, they're all they're all Canadian heroes. Yeah. Um, oh, whoopee, whoopee, dude! <laughs> Canadian heroes. <laughs> uh, look, Alpha Flight is a legitimate team. They're a good team. <laughs> um, yeah. When they're up against yeah. Canadian villains.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, no, like, they're a good team, and I think any. Of, uh, like Alpha, look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. I mean, there's a team that nobody gave a fuck about. And then James Gunn makes this movie, and all of a sudden, everyone loves the Guardians. I think it's the cast
1: in that. Um, the casting. Yeah,
0: the yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, but just... you've, you've got this great opportunity with Alpha Flight to establish like another franchise almost. Um, and with the advent of So Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, In that show, they've already said they're going to have the U.S. agent who's going to be like the next Captain America. Um, In the comics, he goes to Canada and becomes part of Alpha Flight. Okay. Um, Mm. So you can kind of like, you can also put that in uh, if you want to. Um, But yeah, it basically, well, that's Alpha Flight. For Weapon X, we've got Sabretooth, again, so Joe Manganiello um lady Deathstrike. um she basically got robot arms with giant like claw fingers <laughs> um she looks a little weird and a little out of it um i chose emily browning um okay she's probably most well known for uh sucker punch and american gods um like she's attractive but there's like something a bit strange and a bit almost like otherworldly um so like, I, th- I think she I think she do really well in that role. She's a good actress, and yeah, you know, I think she's got yeah. the right look for that character. Um, Omega Red. Uh, Omega Red is a Russian supervillain. Uh, also part. Of, these are all people who are part of the Weapon X program. Um, Omega Red has like these whips that come out of his arms that are like adamantium laced, um, and he's also like slightly stronger and oh, okay. has a bit more endurance. Um, I chose mm-hmm. Brian Hurst for him. Um, yeah. Brian Hurst, most people will probably know from um, Sons of Anarchy and The Walking Dead. i uh, he seen the, Walk De- the Walking Dead. I think he's one of the Whisper Gang. I haven't watched Walking Dead in a while. I just know that he's in it now.
1: Yeah, it's about season five, and then they just repeat themselves.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't in at season five. I think he's only come in recently. Oh, okay. Um. Is
1: it the the main guy from Son of Anarchy's...
0: No, it's his uh, uh, his best mate, Opie.
1: I haven't actually seen it. I've, oh, seen, right, a few, okay. I've seen a few, like clips. Yeah, and I'm just thinking of the guy with the long blonde hair.
0: No, it's the guy who's got like a big beard and very long hair. <laughs> Although that's right. quite a few members of the Son of <laughs> cast. So. No, <laughs> yeah.
1: I I, I pro- I'd probably recognise him, but
0: yeah. Uh, he's a big guy, he's a good actor, and I think he'd be a pretty cool Omega Red. Um, yeah. And finally, uh, as a member of Weapon X, Deadpool, Brian Reynolds. Um, yeah. Firstly, you know comic relief. Um, secondly, like Deadpool was a result of the Weapon X program. Um, Weapon X gave Deadpool a modified version of Wolverine's healing factor. Um, that's how, that's how Deadpool got his human factor. Um,
1: yeah, they they did have Ryan Reynolds in the original X Men films, didn't they?
0: They did. Um, was they, he? Did he play Deadpool? Yes. I, that's I like,
1: that really cool scene when he comes out of the elevator, and like, it's like the, yeah, there was yeah and that one guy shoots and he he gets, he cuts the bullet in half with a with a sword yeah. and it just goes into like the, the two boats behind him
0: that's yeah. pretty cool um deadpool can't do any of that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why they gave they why they decided to give him that ability um very strange um, but there's even like bits in deadpool where he's playing with a little figure from that show or from that movie <laughs> So it's him with like the mouth sewed up and all the shit on his face and yeah. the two swords coming out of his arms.
1: Yeah, they they that also mentioned awesome. the Green Lantern as well. In Deadpool yeah.
0: Too, which, I, is, which is funny. I don't like it when they rip on Green Lantern. Because I'm no. just like, you know what? You didn't have to take the paycheck Reynolds. Like,
3: to No.
0: Is that movie kind of shitty? Definitely. But like, don't shit on it.
1: Like you didn't have um, to take a check. <laughs> yeah, but it's like George uh, George Clooney shooting on the uh, Batman movie, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, they basically did the same thing. Um, but with that, with those Deadpool movies, it's quite funny when they go back and um, so he he shoots himself uh, from a uh, he shoots himself from the actual um, X Men movie doesn't he as he walks into the big warehouse he just comes in behind him and then the same when he's writing the Green Lantern script I I hope when they bring him into into the X-Men if they bring him into the X-Men he's not as much as a comic relief maybe a bit jokey but not not over the top like he is in Deadpool because those movies they're not action movies they're comedies
0: yeah Um, I would Deadpool supposed or originally rather was a lot more serious like he would tell jokes but he was deadly serious about what he did and he was a bad guy you know um and so that's kind of what i'd like to take it back to i would also want to introduce the voices in his head Um, because in the comic he has two voices in his head that talk to him um and so like I, i think it'd just be interesting to have him on screen so like when he is the focus of the scene have the two voices but then when he's not you could still have moments where like he's talking to himself Of people are like what the fuck are you doing man <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it
1: works how does um, so how does Deadpool get his powers that he's, um, from the weapon next
0: so he's a mercenary who works for the government um and he gets uh, he gets cancer like the Deadpool movie got that right like, he gets yeah. a cancer diagnosis. He goes to Weapon X and they, mod- they modify a version of Wolverine's healing power and give that to Deadpool. Okay. Um, and the, it doesn't cure his cancer. What it does is keep it in check, which is why his skin looks all shitty. So, like, he still has cancer, but it won't get worse and it won't kill him. It's also why nobody can replicate Deadpool's healing factor because it's specifically tailored to him. Um, So, yeah, like, that's why I'd have him as a member of Weapon X. Like, you can spin him out later um, because, uh, all right, we'll we'll get on with the story. The story is basically Wolverine and Alpha Flight are tracking Hulk. Um, They come across the scene of one of Hulk's, uh, like, rampages, if you like, and Wolverine figures out that Sabretooth's involved. Um, They catch up to the Hulk. And have a fight, and Hulk decks Alpha Flight, like fucks them all up. Um, Wolverine eventually heals up enough that he wakes up, and he follows a trail, or he keeps following the scent. Um,
3: When he gets to, he basically
0: gets to a certain point where he's like, the Hulk scent is gone, but I can smell something else, and so he follows the scent, and he finds Bruce Banner.
2: Um,
1: okay. Um, would you still have um, Ruffalo? Again? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I still have Ruffalo.
1: Um, Be good to see uh, a Hulk movie before he's Professor Hulk.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Professor Hulk is cool, but no, nah, he's not cool. Really, is.
0: Yeah, he's we cool. all prefer regular Hulk.
1: It's a cool concept but it doesn't work in the,
0: in the movie. Um, uh, I'd probably have it as... uh, Wolverine... um, catches up to Banner and is, I don't know, like, blown up with an RPG. Mm. Um, While he's laying there all fucked up, he sees... Banner gets shot with, like, tranquilizer darts, like, a ton of them. And Banner passes out. And then Wolverine passes out. When he wakes up, um, he's still healing up, but Banner is gone. And so he, uh, Alpha Flight finds him, pick him up. They follow the trail to a facility, and it's the Weapon X facility where Wolverine had his, you know, adamantium given to him. While he's there, he's having like flashbacks to certain moments when he's you know in the process, kind of like the original X Men films. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that basically they turn up. Uh, Alpha Flight fights um, Weapon X. Um, the Weapon X team has a bunch of like soldiers that are also there. Um, whilst they're fighting, Wolverine breaks off to try and find Bruce Banner and finds him in like this tub. It's like floating in about or something like he's still out of it Wolverine pulls him out goes back to the fight and he's like he's like saying to Banner like come on you need to like help me out here like you need to turn turn into the Hulk but Banner's too doped up on tranquilizers so he can't get angry because he's too out of it yeah, yeah so Wolverine's like fine fuck it pops his claws runs around joins the fight um it starts going badly like one of the Alpha Flight members can get like seriously injured. And so Wolverine's just like, fuck it, runs around the corner and stabs Banner. <laughs> um, stabbing Banner causes him to like change into the Hulk. Um, the Hulk wrecks the facility and Wolverine and Alpha Flight barely escape with their lives. Um, the facility is destroyed and in the smoke, you just see the Hulk jump out. Like, and off into the distance and like escape. That's basically Alpha Flight versus Weapon X.
3: That's cool. So I definitely
0: don't see it. It's just a cool fight, really. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it.
1: No, I like it. Sounds good. Is that the end of the movie or is there?
0: Yeah, that'd be the end of it. Um, just you know, everyone's pretty battered. Wolverine's costume could be totally fucked up. Um,
1: yeah
0: like hanging off him
1: with Uh, the um costumes would you keep them pretty much to the comic books costumes yeah would you update them for
0: today well the problem is they made those x-men movies and they had um like they mostly made them like motorcycle outfits yeah Um, (laughs) it's like i don't understand like I think Marvel's done a fantastic job of taking classic costumes and making them more, uh, and modernizing them, so they don't look ridiculous on screen. Yeah. Um, Like, you look at Captain America's outfit, the most comic-book accurate one is the one that's in Avengers, and it looks the stupidest. Definitely. Um, Whereas you take, like, the costume he has in The Winter Soldier, or even, like, in Civil War, or Age of Ultron, and that suit looks a lot better. It's a similar design, but it's a bit more modern. It's a bit more um, realistic, if you like. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't look stupid wearing it. Um, there are plenty of ways to make those costumes cool. Yeah, okay. Um, and I would probably go with the 90s costumes for most of them, because I think those are the best ones.
1: What, from the, the, the show or the books?
0: Uh, from Well, both, because they're kind of the same. Um, right. so like Rogue in particular I really like Rogue's costume from that time period she wears like a green and yellow leotard with like a brown leather jacket okay um, cool. Rogue is really cool Rogue has like she can fly and she's super strong and she can steal the powers of anyone she touches
1: oh shit so she's like she's incredibly like powerful.
0: crazy powerful
1: so with Mystique yeah, Is she the one who can? she can mind control?
0: No, she can transform into other people.
1: And can she still use their powers?
0: No. Right, okay. She can make it look like she's got their powers. Like, so Wolverine, for example, she could shapeshift into Wolverine and have his claws, but they wouldn't be made of adamantium. Right. Um, she would just look like that person.
3: Okay. Well, it's still cool, but not as powerful.
0: Yeah, Mystique's real power lies in her, like intelligence. Like she's yeah. she's dangerous. Right. Like okay. she, her power allows her to infiltrate anywhere, but she's also very highly skilled. Like she's a very good fighter. She's a very good um, tactician. She's like she's pretty brutal, and she's not. There's no task that she like shrinks from she's like no nah, this is what he's doing this is what i'm gonna do yeah fair enough. it doesn't really worry her too much um, she sounds cool she is very cool um she's a long time x-men villain and it, it's weird because those movies have really tried to make her a good guy mostly i think because jennifer lawrence is playing her
1: oh is that who she
0: uh, yeah okay. Um, but Jennifer Lawrence doesn't really like that role or care about that character.
1: I'm not a massive Uh, fan of her as an actress, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, I think she's somewhat overrated.
1: There's nothing I've... I've seen The Hunger Games. It didn't interest me in the slightest. No. They were boring, you know. And then she was in X-Men, but... Yeah. Yeah, she's overrated. I don't even know where else she's been in, but I just yeah yeah. Uh, I think the Hunger Games in general are just overrated, but we're talking about X Men, so.
0: Well, no, the, the thing about the X, uh, the thing about Hunger Games is that it's basically a soft retelling of uh, a Japanese film called Battle Royale. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's Japanese. It might be Chinese actually, but the idea is that basically the. The country is divided into districts. Every year, X X number of students are chosen. They go to an island um, and they fight to the death. And the winner is the last one standing at the end of like two days. Yeah. Um, But it's like, it's super violent. It's very cool. But I would highly recommend it. You have to watch it with subtitles, but it's a great film.
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd probably prefer that to The Hungry Games.
0: Oh, almost certainly, mate. It's such a good film. Um, yeah. I might give it a go. But
3: yeah.
0: <coughs> so, moving on to the next film. Uh, the next film I would make would be Gambit.
1: A whole uh, film about Gambit?
0: Yeah, I would make a Gambit solo movie. Cool. Uh, the main reason is because firstly gambit is very cool and secondly like I it allows me to do a few things like as well as being able to adapt a cool story um it also allows you to allow for the transition of wolverine into the x-men and and for gambit and rogue and gambit becoming a good guy after being seen with the brotherhood like it does it it has the potential to do a lot of things as well as be a really cool, interesting movie. Um, the, the basic story is um, Gambit goes to the X-Men and asks for their help. He's left Magneto. They are initially not very trusting of him. Um, Fair
3: enough. Yeah. You know, he's um, in the Brotherhood.
0: Yeah. That. Although in the first X-Men movie, I would have put in at least a few scenes where Rogue and Gambit are like, interacting with each other. Um, so you can see that they're kind of like, really into each other.
3: Oh, do they? Oh yeah, they're a,
0: they're a couple. Or well, they were for a very long time in the comics. Um, and in the animated show. It's always kind of like, Gambit's this um, this sexy Cajun guy who's like, you know, women just love him and, and Rogue, is like constantly tormented because she's like, oh, I love this guy so much, but I can't touch him or I'll kill him. Like, And that was like their thing. So he was like this super sexy guy who could like sleep with anyone because he's just really charming. But he's in love with the one person that he can't like touch. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of like a lot of the uh, tension in their relationship. Um, Yeah, it would just be Gambit goes to the X-Men and he's like, I really need your help for something. And it turns out that his... Gambit has a wife. They're not together, um, but they were married. It's based on a comic um, where Gambit gets contacted by his old family. So in New Orleans, where he's from, there's two gangs. One is the thieves and one is the assassins. The idea is that at one point, Gambit was, when he was a kid, he tried to steal the wallet of a guy in the street. That guy ended up, uh, it turned out, was in charge of the Thieves Guild in New Orleans. And so this guy took him in and trained him to be a thief and basically treated him like a son. Um, The head of the assassins had a daughter and to kind of... Bring peace between the assassins and the thieves, they've decided to marry Gambit and this daughter together. Um, right. Unfortunately, her brother gets very jealous and attacks Gambit. Um, Gambit and him have a duel. Gambit kills the brother, but because he's killed the brother, the assassins are like, deals off, that guy's a fucking dead man. And so, to maintain peace,
3: Gambit has to leave. He's not allowed back, he's been banished. Um,
0: but the idea is that his wife, um, his wife has disappeared. Her dad has contacted Gambit to try and get him to come and help and find out like where she is. Um, Gambit goes back to New Orleans with Rogue. Like Rogue is the only one of the X Men who volunteers to go with him. Together they go down to New Orleans and try and find his wife. While they're trying to find her, they come across Wolverine who has left um, Alpha Flight and he's just in the States. Um, he agrees to help them um, because it turns out he's also been contacted to try and find her. Uh, together, the three of them um, find her. Turns out her brother didn't die. He um, he survived the duel um, and kind of went a little bit crazy. And so he would kidnapped his sister. Um, to try and lure Gambit there down to the south so that they could fight and he could finally kill Gambit. Um, it's cool because you can have Rogue and Wolverine fighting the assassins while Gambit and the brother, you know, have their duel or whatever. Um, but it's just a way so that when you go into X-Men two, you can have um, Wolverine and Gambit as members of the X-Men.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It sets up um sets it up quite nicely. It works. Yeah. I mean that's
0: uh, I would uh, I would like to see it. You know. Yeah. I think it's just it it allows you to sort of square that circle when it comes to transitioning from Gambit being one of the bad guys to one of the good guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean
1: it's unlikely that um at Disney are gonna see this and <laughs> yeah (laughs) easy ideas
0: yeah i mean look i'm sure there's people much more talented than me coming up with these ideas yeah you know like disney doesn't tend to make big mistakes
1: um i mean
0: yeah that's a mistake but it's more a mistake because they could have used him for something else and didn't um it's not necessarily like a mistake in casting him because he's still good at that character even if he's ruined on a bit part Um, but yeah this this would lead into sort of the crowning jewel of phase five Um, the big movie it's phase five's version of the Avengers Um, and I call it X-Men Avengers Cool. Uh, it's not a very imaginative title but you know it tells you straight off, straight off, off the back, like who it is and what it's about. Um, this, to
2: me, this is probably
0: my my middle of the road, um, middle of the road pitch. I, there's not a lot in it. It's a it's a fairly short, concise pitch, um, but there's some complication there. Um, and so, basically, what it is is that after the events of X Men. Um, The Superhuman Registration Act from Civil War is amended to include any mutants or any persons born with abilities. um, As this is announced, Cable shows up at the X-Mansion. Cable, for those who aren't aware, is the future son of Scott Summers and Jean Grey.
1: um, He is in uh, Deadpool Deadpool as well.
0: Yeah, played by Josh Brolin. I've changed that because Brian Reynolds is the only thing from Deadpool that we're keeping. Fair enough. Um, So for Cable, I chose Tom Welling. Uh, Tom Welling is mostly well known for playing um, Clark Kent in the series Smallville. Um, he's a lot older now, like he's in his uh, late thirties, early forties. Um, but he's still a buff guy. Um, he was always a good actor. Um, he's also a good writer director. So, I mean, you know, if you wanted to give him that opportunity, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to do it, but that's who I would choose for Cable. Um, he's probably about the same age as, uh, Scott Eastwood. Maybe he's probably a bit older than Scott Eastwood, but you know, it's Cable. So he. It doesn't matter how old he is, really. Yeah. Um, Cable turns up at the X-Mansion and basically says, look, I'm from the future. There are events going to happen very soon that are going to lead to like, a, a, we're going to have a real problem. Like, it leads to a dark future. Um, and he basically says that Magneto is going to attack um, Washington, which will spark the Sentinel program. Uh, Sentinels in the X-Men comics are basically giant robots that are used to find, detain, and destroy uh, mutants. Um, Whilst Cable is telling Professor X this, Bishop, who is another time-traveling X-Man, arrives at the Brotherhood and says to Magneto, um... I come from a dark future. This registration act is going to lead to like a place of genocide for mutant kind. And so you basically have Bishop and Cable have both come back. But Cable is saying that Magneto's retaliation to the registration act causes the Sentinel program. Bishop is saying that the registration act is a precursor to the Sentinel program. And so they're, both of them have the aim of trying to stop the future that they come from, but they have different interpretations about how to do it. Okay.
2: Um,
0: for Bishop, I chose Ricky Whittle. Uh, most people will know him from American Gods on Amazon. He plays the main character, Shadow Moon. Um, okay. he's, he's a good actor. He's you know, pretty buff, pretty big. Um, I think he, you know, he could look the part. Bishop has like an M tattoo over his eye, um, and he's pretty powerful too. But I figured, you know, what, let's get. If you're going to do cable, why not do Bishop? They both come from dark futures. Let's just say they came from the same dark future.
1: Right. Um, my I, my only worry about that is um, the time travel. Because we know how they've how the time travel works in the MCU yeah. at the moment. It's different to how you're setting it up?
0: Yes. However, that's... The way I'm setting it up is just like, that's how they get to the past. I'm not going to go into detail on like how they did it. I'm just going to say they did it. Right, um, okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to... I won't go into a ton of detail about the dark future that they come from. It'll just be like, they will say, you know, the events that are currently happening led to the dark future that I come from.
1: Mm. With, um, with Deadpool 2, when when Cable comes back and essentially saves the day, it's because <laughs> his daughter's died in his universe. Okay. Um, I, you, you've seen it, haven't you? Or,
0: uh, I, have, I haven't actually watched um, Deadpool 2 yet.
1: Right, well... Basically, what happens is, Cable comes back um, after his his wife and child have been killed in like a in a house fire because um, one of the mutants has set fire to it, and he wants to go back and originally kill this mutant, but and I haven't watched it in a while, so this might not be correct. Uh, it might have been the the guy you were talking about earlier who can manipulate fire. Iron. Yes. Um, He's just this little fat Australian kid in um, in, uh, in Deadpool Two. Um, so he Cable originally goes there to try and sh- to kill him, but then in the end, Deadpool and the the other guys um, kind of talk him down and talk him into like making this like making this kid a good guy and making sure he doesn't turn into that rather than just shooting yeah. him and ending it because. Because trying to kill him caused him to do what he's what he's done in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah, like the um, of prophecy.
1: Yeah, uh, but the uh, see that time travel works differently because he saved the daughter. He saved his daughter in his universe by doing that. Whereas with the MCU and Endgame, it was more. It's a different timeline. So anything yeah. you go back and do doesn't fix this timeline. Yeah, it's so it's a bit. Yeah, it'll be it'll be weird. It'll be it'll be difficult for the MCU and Disney to to put that in.
0: Put time yeah, time in. but at the same time, they don't abide by their own rules of time travel in Endgame anyway. <laughs> no, um,
1: so, unless they just say fuck it, we'll make a good movie.
0: Yeah, forget forget that. Yeah, because like the main issue is going to be that like time travel is not going to be a big deal. It's just going to be mm-hmm. like, these guys are from the future, they have this warning. Um, they've both got the same information, but they interpret it differently.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so the idea is that um, <sighs> Magneto attacks Washington based on Bishop's information, but the Avengers fight him off. Because like, you can't. The Avengers still exist, so you can't just like keep it in a bubble. And if someone yeah. like if someone attacks a state, the Avengers are going to show up. Yeah, um, they're going to be there. Yeah. So the Avengers um, will probably be, there may be more Avengers depending on how the future of Phase Four works out. Um, but the Avengers I've put down are just the ones we know we already have. Uh, War Machine, Scarlet Witch, Vision, Spider-Man, Hulk, Ant-Man, Wasp, and Hawkeye.
1: Do Scarlet Witch, env- Scarlet Witch and Vision, are they going to be there then for certain? Well, they're thought- going to be in
0: the, in the... They're making the series division. Yeah. So we can assume that the Vision is still alive and we know Scarlet Witch was alive at the end of Endgame. Um, I'll also add Doctor Strange to that list because... Yeah. There. yeah. and that'll be interesting yeah. because like depending on how you want to do juggernaut um juggernaut is powered by a gem um it's called like the gem of cytarac or something um and there is a, a link to dr strange who casts a spell called the crimson bands of cytarac um so you could kind of play with that or you could leave it and do nothing with it Like you really yeah, don't yeah. need to to put it in there um yeah. but yeah uh, Magneto attacks Washington, the Avengers sort of fight him off, um, and he escapes. Um, After escaping, the Sentinel program is brought online. And it turns out that the Sentinel program was built using the... It was built using recovered AI and tech from the Ultron drones from Avengers 2. Cool. And so a purifier is working on the Sentinel program. And when, when the Sentinels are woken up and initiated, he programs them to just immediately search and destroy all mutants. Right, okay. And so you kind of have this Ultron-esque um, intelligence behind all these Sentinel robots that are suddenly going all over the US and attacking mutants on site, even people who don't even mutants whose powers haven't manifested yet so children you know
1: oh, so it's, it gets pretty rough then
0: yeah and it's a big problem and mm. so the x-men go into action and the avengers go into action and even the brotherhood like jumps in to try and like save as many of these people as possible and destroy mm. all these drones um and then at the end you have um you know, they've destroyed all the sentinels, but maybe you could have one left who's hidden. And um, like I don't know, you could maybe have an Ultron line come out or something. And that yeah. way you can say, Oh, Ultron's coming back, or a version of Ultron is coming back.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I, but I that's like... that's your big team movie.
1: Yeah, I like the idea of the X-Men and the um and the Avengers teaming up with with the Brotherhood because I I like Magneto I like Magneto yeah he's cool um, well, I don't know much about the X Men but I know he's cool yeah yeah um yeah no I I like the all five of your pictures really yeah there's um th- yeah there's not much I'd change I'd only I'd, the only bit I am worried about is the time travel but they could just
0: change that yeah it's mostly just to say like it's kind of um kind of like in going back in time to try and prevent uh the sentinels from coming online they've inadvertently caused the sentinels to come online yeah okay yeah but the difference is that like the x-men have enough goodwill with the avengers that they team up
1: no, I, I like the idea. I think all the castings are. Uh, I think all the castings work. Yeah, there's not. As I say, there's not much of change at all. I I like it.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: Well done, John. Oh,
0: well, thank you. Say. <laughs> thank you. I put a lot of work into it. So uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I hope everybody watching at home is uh, is is enjoying, or has enjoyed, um, the stories that I've come up with. Um, now. It's it's fairly, uh, there's a fairly high chance that um, when it comes to phase five, it's not just going to be the X Men. There's also going to be sort of Spider Man movies. You might even have another Avengers, uh, Doctor Strange, um, Fantastic Four. So, like, these would not be the only movies being made by Marvel in this phase. You know, there'd obviously be other movies, but um, this is just my pitch for. Uh, establishing and bringing to prominence the X-Men in that universe. Um, yeah, as I say, I highly doubt anything similar to what I've described here will happen. Um, I've just given you what I would like to see and what I you know, think would be entertaining to other people as well.
1: Yeah. No, well, I certainly enjoyed you um, talking about the ideas you had for it, so Works for me, but then I'm not Kevin Feige, so uh,
0: yeah,
1: I can't, I can't give you
0: the job. <laughs> well, you know what? In Feige, we trust. <laughs> yeah. um, he's done a great job so far, and I see no reason why he wouldn't continue to
1: do He did a great job for the first nineteen movies.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> and we'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure the X. It's a big, it's a big job, the X-Men, and I'm sure it'll get it right. Yeah. And the Fantastic Four. I'm quite excited for the Fantastic <laughs> Four. Probably Good. slightly more than I am for X-Men. Because we got. I know we had a. Was there two Fantastic Four movies? Three. Three. Is that including the recent one? Yeah. Four. Right. You, the thing is, though. Well, those first two Fantastic, more, uh, Fantastic Four movies well, quite good weren't they with uh yeah yeah, yeah they,
2: they
1: didn't do bad but it's been a I'm while since a you've seen, they do. it's been a while since since you've seen anything like that yeah and um with the x-men they have been releasing movies here and now i think the last one was 2018 or something like that uh, i
0: think it yeah dark phoenix yeah dark i think. Phoenix.
1: i didn't see it because i don't care Me either <laughs> yeah. But um, I think yeah, I'm quite excited for Fantastic Four, and hopefully, the f- if after the first X Men movie, I'll be excited for the next one. Hopefully, they yeah. do a good job.
0: Yeah, oh, I'm fairly certain they will. Um, as I say, Kevin Feige doesn't have to do a bad job. Um, yeah. uh, I think the I think the casting of Wolverine is going to be key, like Isn't as nice? as much as it's going to be um, important that everyone is cast correctly. I think Wolverine is going to be the linchpin that the X-Men universe stands on.
1: Yeah, he's going to be the main selling point. Yeah. You're going to have the other big roles like Magneto and Professor X, but Wolverine is your main guy. You think of X-Men, you think of Wolverine as the first guy that springs to mind.
0: Yeah, even though he wasn't on until like the third roster, (laughs) X-Men. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah. I it's it's difficult to cast anyone other than uh, Charlotte Buff in in that. Yeah, I can not think of anyone else that would do a decent job. I suppose Tom Hardy would do a good job, but again, uh, the whole vis- uh, Venom thing yeah, it makes it difficult. Yeah, you don't know if that's the um, if that's the MCU or not because they've been
0: unclear on that. Yeah, so, I, I, I don't like know that we'll ever actually get clarification on that. Um until Kevin Feige comes out and says it. But, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the interview with uh, Amy Pascal and Kevin Feige, and they're talking yeah. uh, They're talking about sort of, Spider-Man and having him in Marvel and the Venom movie, and she makes a comment about how, like, oh, you never know, you might see Venom in the Marvel universe, and Kevin Feige goes... But <laughs> <laughs> like, he just pulls a face, and he's just like, nope, that ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'll try and find the clip and send it to you, cause fucking hysterical um you just see the <laughs> yeah. look on his face it's just like nope that's not happening <laughs> she's like she, she didn't clear that with me before we sat down for this interview
1: <laughs> it's like um it's like tom holland tom holland and um oh what's his name it's is it it's ruffalo that just make it yeah. just gave away all of these um like clues yeah. although i think a lot of the spider-man well tom holland ones were kind of they were they were forced i think he, he was, was uh, especially when he's doing the he's doing the avengers unboxing and he pulls out the um he pulls out the poster and shows it to his live stream on i think it's instagram or something yeah like that. i've got a feeling that's just a publicity publicity to just get the word out and get people probably
0: like, Although, really well. did you hear the story about him calling up um Oh, who was it? I think he called up like the head of Disney, like Bob Iger or something, when it looked like Sony was gonna bail on the rights. Mm. And he, he he got drunk and he called up the head of Disney and was like <laughs> crying down the phone at him, like, "Please don't let me leave." <laughs> I imagine it was somewhat like that scene in fucking uh, Infinity War where he's like, yeah. he's like, "I don't want to go, don't want to go."
1: <laughs> yeah. And he's yeah. Uh, there's that great um clip from an interview with uh Ruffalo and uh Don Cheadle, yeah. And and Ruffalo says, Well, you think the last one was bad, this one everyone dies, and Don Cheadle's just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and Ruffalo's like, well, Nobody dies, no, nobody dies, like <laughs> backtracking. And, of course, he, re- he
0: released the, um, the name, didn't he?
1: Yeah. For a live audience. <laughs> he's a
0: fucking idiot. But <laughs> He's just so beloved, though. You're never going to, like, get rid of him. Because he's also, like, happy to do that role for as long as they're happy to pay him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's more than happy to be the Hulk whenever they ask.
1: Yeah. I've... I like I like him in the movies, but they have made him more of a comic relief than... Anything yeah. else? Especially when you look at him from a, the first Avengers movie to probably Endgame, not Endgame, to Infinity War. Yeah. He's he's much more of a comic character. And since when does the... Like, the Hulk never really spoke in the uh, the first ones. It was always, like, Hulk smash, and then he'd break a few things. Yeah. But then, um, then he's, like, having a conversation with Banner. Um, it's strange, it's strange yeah. how they they moved him on, but they. I'm not a fan of Professor Hulk.
0: No, I don't think a lot of people are because they've kind of written. Oh, excuse me. They've kind of written themselves into a bit of a corner.
1: Yeah, definitely. But I won't hold it against them.
0: No, no. Um, we know the future of of uh, you know the Marvel Cinematic Universe is is bright. Um, considering mm-hmm. how much stuff they have to work with now, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's pretty much everything. Um, I think we've covered there. Um, I did want to let everyone know um, the show is primarily available on YouTube. So give us a like and a subscribe, and you know, um, leave some comments. Let us know what you, know what you think. Um, the podcast will be coming to Spotify. Um, Exactly when I couldn't say you maybe if you're listening to this on Spotify right now, then we've already done it. Good job. i the back. Um, (laughs) As of this moment, it's only available on YouTube, but we are working on it. Um, Daniel, thanks for joining me again. um, I never get bored of just shooting the shit. Um, We should record our conversations more often because. I feel like we've we've probably lost some gold in in not recording just general everyday conversations that we have.
1: (laughs) I don't know if anyone else would class it as gold, but we would.
0: (laughs) Well, it it certainly feels that way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It feels that way at the moment, but probably listening back on it, there's probably a lot of shit in there. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, that's what this is. We're just chatting shit. But Yeah. uh, Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. Um, you can find us on 60 Pound Sound on YouTube and on Spotify very soon. Um, or already, and again, well done, me. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for that, and we'll see you next time.
3: Goodbye. Bye.
2: Bye.